Hello, and welcome to the Kick Aspirational Podcast. My name is David Vanderveen. I've been fortunate enough to build businesses around the world with thousands of entrepreneurs. You can find out more about me at davidvanderveen.com. But, you know, as I've traveled the world and, and had these opportunities to meet and work and, and alongside a lot of very interesting people, the question that I keep getting is, how can I create the life that I want? How can I create the brand, the behaviors, the, the culture that motivate and drive me? And so this podcast is dedicated to those questions. It's interviewing other people who are on that journey, as well as telling some of my own stories that I hope will help anyone who's wanted to start their own company, create their own brand, build their own life, figure out how to do it for themselves. The simple answer is there are no simple answers, but I think that if we work together and if we interact and if we workshop, we can figure out great ways to move forward in life and create a life worth living, a life with purpose and meaning, a life that makes us all a little bit more kick aspirational. So this is the Kick Aspirational Podcast. Today, we're lucky enough to be with entrepreneur uh, Wyatt Ewing from Ice Barrel, which uh, is one of the pioneers of cold therapy, uh, particularly with cold plunge therapy. Scott, or, uh, Scott, Wyatt, I got to meet you when we were at uh, HPLT High Performance Lifestyle Training, where you guys were one of the sponsors, and, and Nirvana Super was one of the sponsors. And I was really impressed with your story, where you came from, how you ended up in cold cold plunge therapy and uh, and how you got to your product, which is uh, one of the best ways to get cold that I've experienced. And we got to use them all weekend. Thank you for joining today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I mean, it. Um, tell us a little bit about where you are today. Like you've got this, you've got, your product is called Ice Barrel, your brand's called Ice Barrel and you make these uh, sort of, it looks like a big sort of overly large wine barrel that you can fill with cold water and ice and, and cool yourself off on, is that right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So where we are today, I'm sitting here in uh, Sugar Creek, Ohio, uh, kind of right in the heart of Amish country, where we <laughs> manufacture uh, here in the US, uh, our ice barrels, which are again, 100% made here in the US from recycled materials, um, which is super exciting. And we manufacture around 500 of these a week uh, and ship them all over the world. And you're doing and we'll get into your story a bit, but you, right now you're everything that you're making, is it in plastics right now? I, uh, yes, yes and no. I, w I guess what we're manufacturing that we've brought to market, uh, would be in the plastic space. Uh, but we've also done quite a bit of innovation and we're starting to manufacture, uh, in other verticals, uh, and getting into a lot of different, uh, technology as well, which is really exciting in regard to uh, rolling out an app, uh, rolling out, rolling out a water chiller that has a lot of technology in it as well. So do a lot of different types of manufacturing actually. So, so right now, I mean, when people are thinking about doing cold plunges and the cold plunge therapy and, and why that, you know, I think a lot of people know about that. We can get into the, how you got into it and why it matters and how it helped you. I think it's a great, great story, but, um, your barrels are basically you fill them with water, you fill them with ice or something to cool it down. And then they're there. Are they insulated? So can they, do they kind of keep things cool too? If like if I was going to have one outside here in Florida, yeah. So ice barrel is unique in the way that it's simple, compact, fun. It's easy to use. It's portable, extremely durable. You can put it right on your back patio or put it in your garage. It's the way that it's designed is it has a very extra thick wall, uh, so it doesn't have any like traditional foam insulation. But the way we manufacture it is. For our manufacturing process, it, it's a very complicated process to get a our, our material that thick. So it's a very thick wall, 
Uh, it comes with a UV protective cover as well um, and a lid that is double walled uh, to help with insulation as well. And so you fill it with water, then you could add ice. Um, in a lot of areas in the US though, the ambient air temperature at night cools it down quite a bit. So you just add 20 to 40 pounds of ice and you're good to go take an ice bath. Awesome. And I was watching a couple of the uh, influencers who are at HPLT who use your ice barrel and they were talking about adding some other uh, ingredients to the water to keep it clean so they don't have to keep refilling it all the time. Do you, do you offer some of those tools too or do you go to a pool supply? How does that work? No. So we actually uh, manufactured our own cleaning products specifically for cold therapy uh, and for our product. So if you go to our website, you can look at the maintenance uh, for an ice barrel. You can also buy an entire maintenance kit uh, to keep you set. And tell me, so this is, I mean, it's great to have this turnkey solution because part of what I was, I've been looking for this, you know, in California, it's pretty easy to do cold therapy. I can just go in the ocean and outside of a few months sure. in the summer, it's already cold enough. But this is like when you really want to have something, especially in warmer climates, um, or just have something that's right in your backyard so it's more compliance. Um, how did you end up getting into making one of the best products on the market for cold therapy? Yeah, so at the time, this is back in 2017, before you started seeing everybody on social media post about cold therapy, it was not popular uh, by any stretch. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was the weird guy in Denver, Colorado, driving around offering free ice baths to people after their CrossFit workouts. Uh, again, nobody thought it was like a thing to do. They were just like, this guy needs to leave. Uh, <laughs> my background was in aviation and I was utilizing cold therapy as a way to manage my own stress and my own anxiety. And it was so transformative for me at that time that I knew I wanted to share the power of cold with as many people as possible. And I wanted to create the best cold therapy experience. I didn't like the idea of what was, what was currently out there was this like bathtub style, right? A stock tank or a bathtub. I didn't like this idea that you're going to put your body in the stress response and then you're going to do something that's counterintuitive and you're going to lie back in the fight or flight response. Like nowhere in nature does a creature go into the fight or flight response and then lie down in a rested position. I was like, when I go in the lakes in Colorado or the rivers in Colorado, I, I jump in or I walk in and then I crouch down. I keep my spine straight. I start focusing on my breath. It's very hard to focus on your breath when you're in the fight or flight response when you're lying back. So mm -hmm. how can I keep the spine up straight or upright? And that's what I wanted to do. So I created the product around that premise of how do we support the body's natural position uh, when you're in cold water. Um, so so that's, yeah, that's what I did. I threw in the towel in the corporate aviation world. Um, I, I was helping people buy and sell airplanes and it was very demanding, very stressful. Um, and I was like, man, I, I, I can just innovate and create something amazing uh, for this world and the cold therapy space. So give us, give us a little more backstory on that. Cause I think part of the, the beauty of your story is the stress that you had sort of, I mean, you had come from, I think, you know, you, you'd kind of pulled yourself out of a difficult upbringing, gotten, become very successful and then found that that success wasn't helping you. Tell us, tell us about that, yeah. that journey. Cause I think that journey is, I mean, a lot of people go through these difficult, you know, obviously we can't choose where we come from, but a lot of us go through different, you know, some difficult early stages and then find success and then figure out, well, boy, the ladder we had our, 
the building we had our ladder up against wasn't the mountain wasn't quite where we wanted to end up in the end. So help us yeah. understand that. Yeah, no, that's very true. So I had a very unconventional upbringing. Um, it was just very, uh, very inundated with survival and just having to look after myself um, and not knowing what was around uh, the next corner. Uh, my dad was in a bad car accident, so that left him unable to provide for the family. So I was working from a really young age um, and really struggling with like anxiety and a lack of stability in life from a young age. And that like when you look at like child psychology and stuff like stability is crucial, consistency, things like that. It was like the Wild West growing up. And my parents, they did the best that they could given the circumstances they were in. Uh, but at the end of the day, like it was it was tough. And so, so you were um, actually working to help provide for the family because your father, who was the major breadwinner, couldn't couldn't work. Yeah, for yeah, he was incapacitated for a long time. Like, yeah, he after the accident, he was deemed sixty percent brain dead. It took him about ten years to make a full recovery to where yeah. he could start working again. Uh, and my brother and I, we ended up uh, having to uh, kind of roll up our sleeves. I was nine years old and uh, start working. And the guy that hired us, he had a ranch and he would breed uh, like uh, studs, like Mustang horses. Um, mm -hmm. And so that all the horses on the ranch were male and they were extremely aggressive. <laughs> and uh, as you can imagine, and my job was to feed them. And my brother's job was to drive the truck. Again, like he was, he was 11, I was nine. Right. So I had the scary job of filling up the bowls of oats and then I would have to set it down on the ground and then jump back up in the truck before the horses could get you because they want you away from the food. Right. And then we would drive a little bit further and drop another one. And there was close to 60 horses that we had to take care of twice a day. Wow. Uh, um, I, I was thankful for that opportunity because it did help uh, support like the family at the time and my mom. And it also taught me a really good work ethic. The ranch, the owner of the ranch, the guy was as mean as possible <laughs> and was not kind. Uh, and he would have, yeah, I could go into a lot of stories there, but anyhow, I learned, I learned the value of resiliency and bootstrapping and uh, just staying consistent. Um, how but how long did you work at that job? <laughs> man, I worked there throughout, I guess, elementary school, like age, <laughs> like from nine, I don't know, from like nine to, from nine to high school, uh, like 13. And then when I got into high school, uh, um, I started doing a, a couple different things, uh, but predominantly I was like doing ADT security sales, like door to door. Wow. Knocking, knocking doors and selling security systems at way too young of an age. One point in my life, I actually, because I was submitting significant, as you can imagine, um, when you're just working full time at that age, I had to do submit tax returns. So I actually had to get a worker's permit, an underage worker's permit wow. um, for to submit along with my tax returns, which was wild. Um, and uh, when, when most kids are getting allowance, you're actually creating creating yeah. income that you have to report to the government. Yeah, it was wild. Um, so and throughout high school, that, I mean, it just really started just my, my, my career, like started developing. And I found that I could work hard 
and get high commissions in the sales jobs. Um, and then I could take a little bit of time off. And so I always liked this idea of like commission-based sales. So that brought me to a place where I was like selling these high-end shoes. Um, and then I got into selling high-end home remodels and then art and sculptures and fine jewelry from a gallery in Colorado. Uh, and then that launched me like I did really well. I was able to get into some real estate. I got married super young, but was still struggling horribly with anxiety in this life of like, I, I had to look after myself. I had to take care of like my living expenses throughout like high school and things like that. That The pressure just got to be too much um, at a point in my life. Uh, but I transitioned into corporate aviation, started selling airplanes. And it was fun. I loved it, but it was very stressful and very demanding. And I, I, I in 2017, I just like, I kind of hit a wall. I was burning the candle at both ends, trying to do everything right, trying to provide for my family at a high level. Enough was never enough. Uh, I kept climbing this never ending ladder, trying to find some form of peace uh, through security, which I was just trying to create stability, you know? Um, wasn't working, uh, like that type of lifestyle wasn't working for me. And you could just see the stress on me, on my face. It was affecting my health. And it kind of all came to this boiling point where, uh, I just couldn't do it anymore. Uh, I went to this gym to go work out and just get some blood flow in me. And I tried a bunch of different things to manage anxiety. Nothing was working. Um, but I went into this gym and this guy, told me how unwell I looked and encouraged me to take a cold shower. And I did that. And that cold shower, I say, like, it changed my life. I mean, that's why. I'm Hi, this is Dave Vanderveen. And, and this is a little ad for my one of my favorite brands for Nirvana Water Sciences, where I happen to be the CEO. But I wanted to share with you why I became the CEO. You know, I, I didn't have to get a new job. I didn't have to come to this company. It was some a company I've been talking to for over a year before I joined them. Uh, I was absolutely enamored with their science with HMB, uh, beta hydroxy, beta metabutyrate, which, which amplifies protein synthesis. And, you know, I'm 54. The older I get, the more that matters because as we age, you know, as we get past 30, we start losing five to 6% of our muscle mass every year. And, you know, I'm a guy who likes to get out there, get active, have adventure. And I like to, you know, ski powder and, and with helicopters. I like to surf bigger waves. I like to free dive. I, I like to move. I like to run. I like to trail run. Um, I like to hike. And all those things require only muscle mass. Where why did I? why did he do this? So this I was I remember this part of the story. I mean, so you're going to a gym to work out for psychological benefits as much as anything. I'm, I'm, yeah. If I'm hearing that correctly, and the guy it was somebody who worked at the gym. Yeah, it was a yeah a empl uh, employee of the gym. You could just I think I mean he was a he was a nice guy and you could just see though on my face like I think you could see how just strung out I was but I was I was really young I was in my early twenties, mm. um, and and I and I just didn't feel well and for whatever reason he came up to me and he said you look like shit and I was like that's really mean <laughs> and uh, encouraged me to take this cold shower. And how long, so what was the benefit of the cold shower and, and why did, how did that take you on this journey of cold, cold immersion? Yeah. So I think based on like my upbringing and the work that I was in, I was very rarely in the present moment. I was so caught up in these deals that I was doing and 
trying to rectify the past and still trying to build for the future, that I was never in the present moment. I was never where my feet were. And so when I took that first cold shower, it was so grounded. It's like I couldn't be in the past and I couldn't be in the future. I could only <laughs> be right, right now. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that 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 feeling of presence actually feels really good. Uh, like there's a sensation to presence. And uh, I hadn't I hadn't felt that in a long time. So I kept going back to the cold shower because it made me feel good. And previously when I like I didn't feel good. Uh, and it became so quantifiable and so distinct, the difference between the two. So I just stayed consistent with cold showers and then I wanted to deepen the therapeutic benefits. So I went to the bathtub and went down that rabbit hole of, I need a good cold therapy solution. And, and in the bathtub, you're just putting water in the bathtub and then putting ice in it. Is that more or less what you were doing? Yeah, correct. And then laying down. One thing I liked in the cold shower is I could stay upright and I could focus on like the meditative part of this. Mm. Whereas in the bathtub, I kept like sliding down and I kept trying to get comfortable and then trying to like, maybe this position's better. Then when I would get in a position, I'd try and breathe. I'm like, oh, I'm used to being upright. I want to stay upright. Um, so yeah, it just wasn't, bathtubs are not sustainable. Yeah. No, I think a lot of people figure that out. It just creates a mess. It's, it's just, it's tough. When, so how did that lead you to say, hey, you know, this cold therapy and by the way, what were, did your wife notice a difference? Did your, did other people notice a difference when you started doing this beyond your own well-being? Yeah, absolutely. After quite a few months of doing this, my wife approached me and she said, uh, you're a lot more patient than you used <laughs> to be since doing this. And that was something I struggled with patience with myself, patience with uh, my kids at the time, uh, patience with, uh, in my relationships around me and just in life. I was just so impatient. Uh, and again, that was really like at the root of that was just like anxiety, the survival of like, I have to fix things. Uh, fight or flight, right? You can't yeah. be patient when you're in fight or flight mode all the time. Yeah. So I developed like a patience and a peace in life and it, my wife noticed it. And I just liked how I was showing up more in life that way. It's, and, uh, but it was so, I mean, it was so impactful to me. Like I wasn't feeling good. I would not have said looking back that I was happy. Um, I was struggling in a lot of areas. And then after, you know, consistent cold exposure, all of that stuff started falling off and it became very meaningful to me. And I wanted just to share this with the community and with people I know, like, Hey, cold therapy can really help. Cause I had tried diet and medication and exercise. And, uh, when I say medication, like supplements and, um, a, a few other just like modalities. Uh, that just weren't weren't working for me. But when I and I think those things work, maybe when you can kind of get control over what's going on in your world and those things have a place and they're great. Yeah. But like I was, I felt like I was too far gone. Like I needed something kind of extreme, uh, and the cold was that for me. No, I think that a lot of people feel that right. When, I mean, cold therapy does a lot of amazing things, but you hear this from people who've pioneered a lot of cold therapy, who've been, you know, they had some really sort of catastrophic thing happen in their life. And the only way they could get back into the present and, yeah. you know, get away from the fight and flight or just this super anxiety was, was the cold um, It almost calls to you. And so how did you make the leap from this transformative experience doing cold therapy to, you know, what I really need to do is start a ice barrel, ice bath company. <laughs> yeah. How did that uh, leap happen? Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, 
I make I make decisions pretty quickly, and uh, I just move fast in life. And so I got the I got kind of the picture in my head and the vision of what I wanted to create and what I wanted to bring into this world. And I was just like, I cut the parachute cord and I just went for it. Uh, and I it was, that was in Colorado. It was in Colorado, yeah. And, and you started. Did yeah, you start with a plastic there. ice barrel, or do you start with something else? Yeah, so I I started out with a prototype made out of wood. That's kind of like CNC wood is you know the easiest way to get a prototype for a large product. So I custom made this barrel and kind of did a test market test throughout 2018. And then it though like locally in the gym setting, it wasn't well received. Like online in the cold therapy community, it was very well received. And that was so hard to quantify at the time. What's the difference between the gym setting versus the cold cold therapy? So yeah, so back in like 2017, there was this very like niche uh, cold therapy group forming of people like me that had some kind of impact uh, from the cold and they were just practicing it at home and they were tired of like the bathtub or the stock tank. And so but again, this group was very like they weren't as it wasn't as big as it is today. Um, and a lot of these people, they weren't like in your traditional gyms either. And so I thought, oh, athletes would like this for recovery. But that group didn't really catch on right away. Um, so it was very much the cold therapy community and the people that were aware of the benefits of cold therapy were the ones that were like pushing and purchasing the product in the beginning. But then that started changing through 2019 and 2020. More people started adopting the practice for more than just recovery, but for the mental benefits. Uh, so it started, yeah, it really just started developing. By 2019, it grew to a point where I needed a better environment to be able to scale the product. So I brought manufacturing here to Ohio. And that's when we started. And you're making wood at that point or were you already making the, the plastic barrels? Yeah, I was doing both actually. There was this wow. overlap time where I was still producing the wooden barrels uh, while I was innovating the new barrels. And then I remember the switch the day that I was like, all right, no more wooden barrels. We're doing this this product. And it was cool. Like um, it was very well received, uh, the, the, sin the synthetic barrels. I don't, I feel like plastic gets a bad rap. Sorry. Yeah, I'm hoping no, I, no. Yeah, yeah. no, you're good. Uh, because it is a form of a plastic. We use LLDPE, low density poly, poly, polyethylene. And this is a medical grade plastic. Uh, our black barrels are 100% recycled, which is amazing. And you can- So you're pulling them. plastic out of the environment to make these-, to make these, these Yeah, certain, there's, there's certain parameters that we have to follow because this is non-toxic and again, still food grade. Yeah. So it goes through this process uh, we just don't take any plastic. We have to take a certain type of plastic that's not contaminated. Right. Um, but yeah, we are limited, uh, uh, limiting our our um, contribution to the plastic issue, and we're actually reducing it. Um, and I wasn't, I was candidly, I wasn't super interested in the very beginning of doing anything in plastic, and that was something that I wrestled with for probably a little over a year because I wanted to, I, sustainability is so important to me. And I personally am very cognizant of how I consume in the world and how I how I create like waste and what I throw away. And I don't like, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to a landfill, 
But yep. if you actually go out and you see landfills and you see the amount of plastic, and then you link that back to just like consumerism, yeah. like it's kind of it's a little a little disconcerting. Uh-huh. Right. And I was like, well, like just creating new plastic doesn't make sense. And trying to avoid plastic doesn't make sense either because we've already created this problem. Like, how can we repurpose this? Right. And when the product comes to a point where you're done with it, we can just recycle it again. Um, no, I mean, I'm drinking, I'm drinking a, you know, what's considered a single use plastic um, you know, bottle of water from Nirvana right now. But, you know, we use 100% RPET to make that brought, to make that, that container or on solar and hydro to get our energy. And I think the thing that a lot of people miss is, you know, glasses, for example, is the dirtiest container. Yeah. Um, because it's so heavy, right? 40% of your, of your carbon footprint is your shipping. And I think to your point too, one of the things I noticed with your barrels, they're very durable, they're very thick wall, but when they're empty, a single person can lift it. You know, it's where a wood yeah. barrel, you know, wood barrels are really heavy um, in addition to being hard to recycle. Yeah, hundred percent. There's a lot of different ways to think about and look at sustainability in your business. And that's been very important to us along the way. So yeah, so we so got to the place where we started developing the product with LLDPE, the plastic we use. And um, yeah, like I said, it was just so, the new product was so well received. Then we made some changes, improvements and iterations over the years and uh, we're getting ready to release uh, another version of our product, which we're so excited about. We've worked hard on for the last few years. And, and this is the, does this include the water cooler, the water chiller that comes with it? Uh, no, this uh, it does not. Uh, the water chiller will be able to be used with it with though. It. Okay. Yeah, correct. And when does, what's, can you tell us about the new product that's coming out and why it's no, not, not, yeah, yet. not yet, not, not yet. yet. You'll see it soon. It's going to release May, June timeframe. Okay. So coming soon, coming soon, coming soon to the internet near us. That's right. Um, so did had you also made the leap personally from Colorado to Ohio and the financing was a little tricky. Is that, is that right? If I remember that correctly? Yeah, yeah, it was tough. We were at a, a, a big growth point in the business. I had bootstrapped it um, all the way through. So when things got when things got tight, uh, it was go out, sell another airplane to fund the business and our personal <laughs> life. So it was challenging for sure, but we ended up moving from uh, beautiful Colorado out here to industrial Ohio. <laughs> and uh, my wife was, uh, most people don't know that she was eight months pregnant. So. Wow. He was, uh, she was a trooper. Um, so we moved out here the next month. We had a new baby and we were off to the races. Does she do uh, the ice, ice plunges as well? Cold plunges? She does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We have two barrels right next to each other and we'll do rounds in them together. It's a lot of fun. That's amazing. How many, how often, tell, tell us, tell me, tell us about your, your cold therapy practice. What do you, what do you do today? Yeah. So it changes a little bit from the summer to winter here in Ohio. So in the winter time, it's very much sauna and ice, but in the summertime, the sauna, especially if you're in Ohio, like if you can imagine doing a sauna outside in Florida, it's, right? It's hot um, enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it, you know, it's great, uh, but sometimes it's just, just the ice bath in the summer. Because when it's like 90% humidity and 90 degrees, and then you you add a 200 degree sauna on top of that. You don't need the sauna for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's I'm not bad. an expert, but I, I get your feeling. I, I, I don't, I feel the same. And, and t- 
tell me about the sauna. So, do you use a specific sauna? Do you use an infrared sauna or standard sauna? What kind of sauna? Yeah. What's your sauna practice to ice plunge practice when you're when you're integrating those two? Yeah, so I go. I use a, just a traditional dry sauna um, with an electric heater inside the sauna. It's all outdoor, and I'll go ten to twenty minutes in the sauna, and then I'll do three to six minutes in the ice barrel, and I'll do three rounds of that. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so that's my routine. And how cold do you try and get the water? I mean, obviously it might vary a little bit by season, but how, 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 what's your optimum temperature for ice baths that, that you prefer or what do you recommend? Yeah, I mean, the lowest I enjoy going is around 44 degrees. But if I can take an ice bath at like 48, 49 degrees, I'm, I'm happy. That's that's good good times. We were living the last couple of years in uh, between Paris and Dublin, and we were living just south of Dublin in Kalani Beach. And, the, you know, the water there never gets above... 55-ish, 58, and this, you know, maybe in August, but generally it's in the, you know, the low 50s to high 40s. And it's sort of perfect because, you know, I, I like to kind of, when I can, I like to get into, you know, like a stream or a river or a lake or an ocean for cold plunge. But of course, that's not available all the time, um, especially here in Florida. So it's, it's you know, but that, that 47, I remember the first time I was, I was doing these cold plunges and, um, you know, in Laguna, we get down to the fifties maybe, but usually it's in, uh, in the, you know, low sixties to mid fifties, but not quite as cold, but if you spend enough time, you know, you get the same benefits and, um, and we usually free dive and stuff in it. So, you know, just in trunks, you're kind of getting it that way. When I got to Ireland, I was like, wow, this is, this is another level of, you know, ocean swimming. And I was getting from two minutes to four minutes, thinking four minutes max benefits. And I'm so proud of myself for getting to four minutes, right? And this guy comes out in a pair of trunks with a buoy and I hadn't seen him go in. And I was like, how far did you swim? And he was like 15, you know, it says it in, Irish, in his Irish accent, uh, 1500, it's it's beautiful out there today or something like this. And I'm not doing an Irish accent, but I was just like, oh my God, I'm like, that's it's at least 30 or 40 minutes. And That's it just wild. sort of opened my eyes that, you know, there's a lot more possible. I started doing buoy swimming and stuff eventually. But um, yeah, but I think it's that. What, what do you think the optimum time frame is for I mean, 47 is pretty chill, especially sitting sitting by yourself. Is it two to four minutes or what's what's, what's what do you think is sort of the optimum? Yeah, there's there's so much variability in this. Um, research is showing that if you get anywhere from like three to five minutes, in water between 50 and 55 degrees is a great place to start. Yeah. Um, but do what you're comfortable with, do what's safe, consult your doctor, uh, and just kind of listen to your body at the end of the day. Yeah, I'd, I'd like some of these uh, practitioners that are, you know, especially as people are getting started, they're like, hey, just do 30 seconds in a cold shower and then build on that, right? Just do something that you can, you can handle. And, and when you're doing, when you're teaching people, what are some of the tricks? I mean, I think the breathing is a big component of it, right? Yeah, breathing is really helpful to soothe the nervous system and to get to a place of calm. Like you don't want to be super reactive to the cold uh, and your body is going to initially scream at you, get out, right? This right. is safe, right? So you want to get through that moment. And then on the back end of that moment, there's a really unique sensation and experience and benefits for you. So really, it's let's take this. Let's get a little bit acclimated to the cold. Let's use a cold shower, get acclimated. And then when you're, when you're ready for full body immersion, just fill up the barrel with the tap water, whatever like temperature that is, that's a good starting point. And get comfortable there and then start bringing down the temperature over time. 
build up a tolerance, uh, and then focus on your breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth, calmly stay focused. Um, those are kind of like the general like starting points. And, and what are the benefits? I mean, why are people, why is this becoming so popular? What are the benefits that people are experiencing? What are they looking for? What are some of the scientific claims that, that, that are being made? Help us understand why this is becoming so popular right now. Yeah, so I would say some great resources to understand the science of cold would be our blogs on our website and the science page. We wrote a white paper that has tremendous benefits. And what's your what's your website? It's just icebarrel.com. Icebarrel.com. I-C-E-B-A-R-R-E-L. Yep. E-L.com. That's great. And and so, and what, I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt you. I just want to make sure we got that. What, what, uh, tell us, tell us about those benefits in the white paper that you have. Yeah. So, uh, without getting too in the weeds here. So, you know, the short term benefits of cold therapy is a reduction in pain, inflammation, a boost in energy levels, uh, releases great beta endorphins, um, improves mood, uh, and brain function. Consistent use of cold therapy and cold exposure is going to reduce symptoms of stress, lower cortisol levels, improve uh, symptoms of anxiety. I can even stave off cognitive decline uh, and depression over time. There's tremendous research out there about how it stimulates the nervous system and the vagus nerve uh, specifically and how that like vagus nerve stimulation and just improves uh, overall health and general well-being. Um, so again, there, there's a lot of benefits, great voices that speak on cold therapy, Dr. Andrew Huberman, uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, uh, Dr. Andrew Wiles, um, Paul Check has some great things to say. So there's some, there's some good voices out there. Susanna Sonberg uh, is another great voice in the cold therapy space. And is brown fat something that happens? I know I've heard some about that. Does it does it help shift the amount of kind of white fat, like belly fat and things like that we want to get rid of and develop more healthy brown fat, like the fat that babies have that keeps them warm? Yeah, exactly. So as you expose your body to cold, it's going to increase your brown fat in the body, which is the energy burning fat, right? It keeps you warm and your body burns that and reduces the white fat, which is the fat people don't like. The story so fat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's definitely some weight loss benefits in this as well. Um, it's also really interesting, I would say, that as you shift your environment, your body's physiology shifts with it. So when you, and if you think about a lot of Americans, we kind of are in this already stress response throughout the day. Uh, and technology, uh, I'm not going to get too in the weeds here, but even like our cell phones, yeah. the screen and our consumption of them puts us in a stress response. And the body stores fat when it's in the stress response. Right. Especially like a lot of our default settings are probably based in the stress response. So if we can recondition the mind and the body to what real stress is, right. And you can stay more in the fight or flight or in the rest and repair mode, your body will start responding as such. And from just from a, like a weight loss perspective, trying to lose weight while you're in the fight or flight response is a lot harder than trying to lose weight when you're in the rested and repaired mode. So right. cold therapy is a great way to recondition the mind and body to what real stress is. Right. I mean, once once your body's producing a lot of cortisol, it's 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 focused on storing whatever calories you're taking as, as white fat, right? As exactly. Because it's trying to preserve whatever calories it's getting so you don't die in this 
whether it's imagined or real, this, you know, this high yeah. stress environment. Um, and when you can change that, when you can get the right rest, when you can calm the body down, I mean, intermittent fasting, cold therapy, there's a number of things that people are doing to try and get, you know, lower the, the cortisol production. It just, it allows your body to do the work it needs to do to, to eliminate some of that stored fat that we don't seem to need so much anymore now that you're not living in caves and uh yeah exactly we have a fridge full of food right at our fingertips most of the time exactly yep so with your with the uh with ice barrel you know um i know that that we had a great sponsorship with you at hplt and, and you gave some away to people who really performed at a high level you know a guy like me wasn't performing at the highest level how do i buy one of these and um is there a is there a special code for for uh, friends of the Kick Aspirational podcast to uh, to pick one of these up? Yeah, that is that's a great question. So if you want to get an ice barrel, the best place to go is our website, icebarrel.com. Yeah, uh, we have an amazing spring sale going on right now. So oh, definitely check that out. It's already loaded into the site. So if you just go to icebarrel.com, yeah. uh, anybody uh, from that's listening to the podcast uh, will save uh, a, a great savings on the ice barrel. What, so what is the savings right now? What's the spring savings? Yes, one hundred and fifty dollars off. One hundred and fifty. And how much is an ice barrel? It's uh, about a thousand dollars plus shipping. So that's fifteen percent off. Yeah, it's significant. That's awesome. That's fantastic. So if people want one, they want to get an ice barrel before summer comes and all the cold water goes away. This is the time to go get one and, and find it at icebarrel.com. Yes, sir. This is the time. Awesome. Well, thank you, Scott. I really appreciate your time on the Kick Aspirational Podcast today. You know, a lot of people here trying to figure out how to break through barriers. Anxiety and stress is always one of those barriers, especially as we're pushing ourselves to do more than maybe we thought we could. And uh, one, I think your your story is incredibly motivational that, you know, that anything's possible, especially when you find yourself in a place of great difficulty. Um, but it's uh, it's also a great tool that I, help, I think will help a lot of people calm down, refocus their minds and get to the things that they want to do. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that story and, and uh, all the benefits of the ice barrels. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining another episode of the Kick Aspirational Podcast. You know, the most important thing to remember is this is not a spectator sport. What I'm deeply interested in is hearing about your stories and answering your questions. What does your life look like? What are you trying to accomplish? What are the barriers that you're trying to break through? Because at the end of the day, the Kick Aspirational Podcast is about helping people break through barriers of their own. I'd love to hear what you're working on. I'd love to join you in your battles. And most importantly, whatever you do today, please, among all other things, be Kick Aspirational.